0: Welcome to the Divine Feminine Revolution Podcast, where women are magical and empowered. I'm your host, Dr. Megan Monday, psychologist turned transformational feminine business coach. This podcast is for you if you want to prioritize your own pleasure, face your fears, and manifest your desires. This podcast is sponsored by the Fearless Feminine Academy, where I teach women how to turn their trauma into their superpowers. My goal is to show women that we can heal our world by creating time and financial freedom by doing whatever the fuck we want. Are you ready for the divine feminine revolution? Let's get vulnerable and go deep. I'm so honored that you're here.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Divine Feminine Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Megan Monday, and I'm super excited to have a special returning guest, Dr. Caitlin Jarvis, who is a holistic health coach and medical intuitive. Um, So, I know we're going to have a super juicy conversation today. So, um, you know how I like to start out the podcast, which is the brag intro. So give us a little bit of an uh, update on what you've been up to and what's happening for you. And don't be shy. Yeah.
2: Okay. And brag it out. I can definitely yeah. do that. So yeah, I brag that I've been helping more women and more people than ever really embrace and step into their highest holistic health. Um, With more pleasure and ease and flow, Um, I brag that I just got the most incredible testimonial yesterday from one of my past uh, one-on-one clients who was saying that even two years after she had worked with me that she was still like seeing, like reaping the benefits and like seeing the ripples of what we did together in her life with, which just made me feel so happy. And I brag that I am working with my first male client, um, doing holistic health coaching. So that's been really fun. And I brag that I've also just been stepping into my own personal up level. Cause you know, it's always an initiation of what we're teaching and then doing it for ourselves. So I brag that I'm feeling healthier than ever and doing it. Now you got a little glow about you. Thank you. I didn't even put any makeup on this morning, but I did have some orgasms. So that's probably (laughs) the
1: nature's makeup, right?
2: (laughs) So yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, Yeah. I brag that I'm one spot away from filling my private
1: one-on-one spots and (gasps) feeling good. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. So good. Mm. and I love that you're serving the men because you know like we were talking in the green room a little bit about like really stepping into the divine feminine energy and even though you know it is fun to talk about like crushing the patriarchy and stuff um at the same time like really the matriarchy is about like egalitarianism and so it's not really about crushing it it's about like lifting it so that they're equal Yes,
2: exactly. And really feeding the divine feminine in all of us, no matter our gender. Right. So it's it's been really fun to kind of like give him resources to help him develop his um, divine, healthy, masculine, but also um, you know, I can tell there are times like I actually have him on a brag diet right now. So he has to Ooh. brag to me like 10 great things about himself every day. And it's challenging, as we all know, it, it can be challenging to do that until you get used to it until you can kind of like be surrounded by it and have it normalized and all these kinds of things. So anyways, yeah, the divine feminine, I think in all genders is rising. And, yeah,
1: and that is divine feminine is inclusivity. Um, I, yeah. I love the brag diet. I put myself on one and then I think I wrote like one brag post. And like most other diets, I like fell off of it. And I was like, wow, okay, I'm going to write a post. <laughs> so I think you're the perfect person to talk to about that since you've got the holistic health coach piece. And, you know, yeah, like they're. Especially, you know, when you're doing it as content and you're putting it out, like for everyone, you know, people in our circles, like understand they're bragging about like empowering. It's also good marketing, but (laughs) you know, like people who just maybe are your like friends or family or colleagues or whatever, like they're not seeing that lens. Um, Have you seen the Netflix special about pleasure that came out? I haven't watched it yet. I saw it exists, but I haven't watched it yet. I haven't gotten all the way through it. I think I got through like the first episode, um, but I was like, oh my gosh, all the things that we've sort of been, you know, privy to the past few years as the pleasure community is, you know, coming up in the coaching world. It's like
2: divine feminine, the rise of pleasure, right? like the rise of like flow, the rise of a structure. I don't know all the things. Yeah. All the feminine things.
1: Yeah. And particularly like, you know, sexuality. Has been tied to masculinity in the sense that, like, it was okay for like men to be really sexual, but I think we sort of had that double standard on women and particularly like women being able to like receive pleasure. And so I think it's really exciting. My husband was like, "Oh my gosh, there's a pleasure thing," and I was like, "Oh, I love that you like pick that up and you want to watch it." And uh, I think it's great because you know, ever well, not maybe not everyone, but lots of people have Netflix, and so that's like accessible way to get like this really important yeah. information. Out there. So it's worth a watch. You may already know quite a bit. Yeah, okay. it. It's exciting to see that. Kind I'm of sure memory. I would still love it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I love that people around us, like, I think my sister also sent it to me and was like, Oh, there's this pleasure thing. Like, it's really interesting. And I love that. I'm like, Oh, and you thought of me. Like, just, it's just, no so volume. great. Like, like the message is getting out. Like people are getting the message, right? Like at least the people closest to us. And I think everyone. And yeah, I've been really on this journey this past year of like bringing year, year and a half, maybe two years of bringing pleasure and the feminine frequency of devotion into holistic health. And I've had a really fun time playing with this idea of devotion as a feminine frequency or energetic that feels more accessible and just feels juicier and yummier to feminine essence beings rather than discipline, which I think is kind of this masculine energetic frequency. And there's nothing wrong with discipline, but a lot of us have used it to kind of make ourselves wrong, bash ourselves, abuse ourselves, like, oh, I'm not good enough at being disciplined. And it's like, well, really, if we can work with devotion instead of discipline Mm -hmm. um, or combine the two in whatever way works for you, but like Having an alternative to just like rigid discipline and structure and being able to do holistic health with a little bit more pleasure and flow and like respecting those intuitive aspects of ourselves, and really stepping into devotion to ourselves. Um, yeah, has been a really fun thing I've been playing with recently and yeah. it seems to
1: work well for people. It kind of reminds me of the "should" thing, you know, even if it was like, I should go have an orgasm, like it kind of makes you not want to do it just by virtue of, the <laughs> shit, you know? And so I think discipline kind of has that vibe for me and it's been kind of interesting. I know we talked a lot on our last episode, which go watch, I mean, it was maybe like a year ago ish. Um, oh, But we nice. talked about, you know, kind of both being in the like medical community and then branching out into coaching. And for me, as part of my story, I was like really burning out and kind of getting into like adrenal burnout and thyroid issues. And I was working with a holistic nurse practitioner and she was like, great. And helped me like diagnose a lot of what was happening, but it was also like, okay, well you just need to do like AIP. And like, you know, I was like, well, okay, well, what's that? Let me look at it. And I was like, fuck that, you know? (laughs) And I, oh, it's like anti-inflammatory protocol. Oh, okay. Okay. Which is like, basically like gluten-free, dairy-free, no nightshades, like What it's very restrictive, let's just say. Um, And so here I was like trying to exit a really stressful career. And then I ended up like funneling all my money into like coaching and then like starting a second business and then trying to like balance both businesses, which was like a lot of pressure. And the the whole story of this is I spent like, as we were talking about the green room, like tons of money on coaching, which was a great investment. It has totally transformed my life. And, um, I didn't hire a health coach, which was probably what I freaking needed. Uh, you know, it's always like the last yeah. thing, right. That we need.
2: Right.
1: Yeah, it, exactly. It is always
2: interesting to notice. And I find this a lot with people and with myself, like what we give ourselves permission to invest in and what we don't give ourselves permission to invest in, or what we think is like, quote unquote, worth it or not. And so for many of, of us, of course, in the entrepreneurial space, it's like, okay, obviously I need to business coaching. I need to invest even more than I'm making in business coaching or whatever. And, you know, everybody gets to do what is right for them in that regard. But then it's like, yeah, here comes holistic health coaching, which I really think is the foundation to it all. Like in the future, like none of us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't think any of us you know, presented with the question, like, would you exchange your health for money or like a successful business? I think we would all say no to that. But then like a lot of times people end up doing that. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, like giving yourself permission to invest in your health. I saw a little quote on Instagram the other day or whatever, which was like investing in your health or what it, what was it like? whatever health is an investment, not an expense. Yeah, and it's true. Like it is an investment. You do get dividends. Maybe it's not always in money. Although I do think it sets you up to have to be able to make more money and like have successful relationships and all those kinds of things to be firmly rooted in your holistic health. So not just physical, but emotional, mental, spiritual. Um, but, but yeah, we have to, we have to really like, realize how foundational and important it is and give ourselves permission to invest in ourselves in that way.
1: Yeah. And it was even, it wasn't even like, it was still hard to invest partly because it was like a little bit in debt from the business coaching, but, um, it, it actually ended up being that my dad, um, he's, he had like a third cancer diagnosis over the past, you know, 10 years. And so, um, it was like more like his health crisis, which incidentally, like, 15 years ago when it first happened kicked me into wanting to go into private practice and start a business in the first time after I um, finished grad school so this was like almost like a, another full circle moment of being like okay like you know I just turned 40 like I'm at this moment where I can really like get a hold of it without having to go down the disease path so it was a really big wake up call. And I, I actually do think my coaching investment, because uh, it, it did go like, well, if I can spend this much money on my business, like I'm going to go ahead and invest in my health because that's like the missing piece. um And on the, you know, like basically sales call, it was like, you know, the first kind of intro session, but this is a good line. She goes, what if this is the best you ever feel? And I was like, Oh, <laughs> like I'm sure you can borrow that one if you want. That was a good one. I'm going to ask that on my sales calls, honestly, um, because it was really good. And I was like, well, I don't feel that bad. But I'm like, well, but yeah, what if it's like downhill from here? You know, it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> so um, I just want to share the story because it really has changed everything. Like it changed my energy. You know, it changed my priorities. It's changed my life. And, um, you know, I just feel so much better having, you know, eating the right nutrition and getting these things balanced out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All that stuff. Yeah. Totally. It's priceless. And
2: bravo for doing that. Like bravo. Because um, yeah, like we said, it's hard. And I do think that's interesting to entertain that question, or it's hard to give ourselves permission. Um, and thinking about, yeah, what is what if this what is the best that I ever feel? Like, you know, how do you feel about that? And I was writing something yesterday. Um, that, you know, again, I think a lot of us feel like our health and wellness, I, I do think health and wellness is innate to us, but it does require our time and attention at some point, even if it's just to kind of create it and then. I think creating it like takes the most kind of time and attention and energy and then sustaining it is kind of a different version of time and attention and energy, but generally less to me than like when you really are gearing up and like creating all the healthy habits and routines. But we often don't give ourselves permission to like, not only not invest the money, but like the time and attention and energy. Like, we don't really want to give it. We feel like it should just be automatic. Like, oh, I should just automatically be doing this. And then we shame ourselves that we're not doing it automatically or whatever. And it's like, no, it actually does just take some concerted
1: time and energy and effort. And then things transform like you described. Yeah. And I think for me, like, you know, I started off with a holistic nurse practitioner and she did great in the sense that she diagnosed things that the regular medical folks couldn't Pinpoint and you know, she gave me like the natural supplements and different things, but the piece that she just didn't have time for, and it wasn't like you know, in a 20 minute session, like you know, this is what it is. So she she recommended what to do, but it wasn't like, okay, teach me how to live AIP, you know what I mean? And that's what the program that I went through did. It was they had like all these holistic treatments, you know, like crystal saunas and like red light therapy, and all these different things. And you know, they had like a wellness health coach, like showed me how to like grocery shop that way and how to like say no and how to deal with my daughter's birthday party when I really wanted a cupcake and like stuff like that. And so I I think, and that applies to coaching versus something like more medical, like therapy or, you know, doc like regular doctor stuff is like, it's the lifestyle piece. And like, they, they, you know, like they showed me how to do it on my own. And I think that that's what you're paying the investment for. You know, everybody talks about like, oh, you're paying for the results or whatever. Um, but I think it's like really teaching people how to do the lifestyle. And I'm sure that's what you do. Yeah,
2: absolutely. I, I think, um, I mean, that's what I see so often, like nine times out of 10 people actually know what is best for them. And like, yes, I get to give guidance and resources and suggestions and all these kinds of things and like evidence-based whatever but like most of the time people know what they want to do they know what how their body feels they know when they were eating this way or sleeping this way or moving this way or having these kinds of relationships or whatever like they often know what they need to do they're just not able to do it and just like you said they just need help doing it. They need support doing it, not only during the easier times, but also through the more challenging times, like a birthday party or a holiday or vacation or really stressful time at work or that kind of stuff. It's like, and that's why I often tell people too, like the most important muscle to develop isn't really, it's not about being perfect. Like we're always going to get knocked off of our health game. It's about learning how to like reorient yourself over and over and over again. So it's like you go on vacation, whatever you come back, you haven't been moving or meditating, or maybe you did, which is great. But if you didn't, then it's like, learn how to just start again, learn how to start again. Like that's the most important thing, but yeah, people really do most times like know what they need to be doing. They just really help need help actually doing it. And exactly. That's what I do. And I think that's what coaching is about to me. It's not just about giving people prescriptions and being like, good luck. Bye. (laughs)
1: Not, not super effective. And you know, our, our, you know, everyone wants the magic pill, right? But like there's very few actual magic pills out there, you know, people like lean on a, a medication and it's good that we have them as an option. But oftentimes it doesn't like fix your life. <laughs> you know, you oh. have to make changes in your life. And and I think for me, just uh it was interesting because like I felt, you know, I got really confident like investing in my business and investing in myself, but like investing in my health was its own particular edge. And just like believing as someone who's always been like plus size and has, you know, like I haven't been thin since I was like eight years old. So, I mean, it really is like an identity. And so to really like be able to do the mindset shift of like, I can successfully lose weight. And it wasn't about eating less really. It was just like, I needed to be like gluten-free and I needed to be like dairy-free and I, you know, I needed to heal my gut and I needed to like stress less and different things like that. And like make myself a priority um, was was the biggest thing, you know. And I really did have to, especially with the AIP, I had to like rearrange my entire life. And I started at New Year's, and thankfully I was like kind of cocooned up over the winter. <laughs> um, but it was interesting because like all of a sudden I like really couldn't eat very well at restaurants. Like I couldn't go have a cocktail with my friends. I couldn't even have like a cup of coffee in the morning. They didn't want me to drink coffee, which you know, I I didn't follow that one. I kept it to one, one cup, but, um, you know, it was just like such a different lifestyle than I was currently living. And that was like the biggest shock of it. And that was the piece that I never got. Like I never changed the lifestyle. Like I went gluten-free for a year. Like I have done different, like every kind of like program you can think of, you know, but what I never did was like, kind of learn how to maybe like say no to myself because you know, like, you know, how we do is like caretakers, like kind of taking care of everybody else and then feeling like, Oh, well, I deserve this treat because like, look what I just did this day, but it isn't like your deeper need of like what you actually need, like nutrition or time alone yeah, or yeah. You know, whatever it is.
2: I have so many things to say about all of that, but yeah, yeah like number one, like Yes, the prioritizing ourselves piece, like again, that is one of the top things that I end up seeing with people and have experienced for myself too, is like giving ourselves permission to prioritize ourselves. Because, like you said, most of the people I work with, a lot of the women I know, professional caregivers, certainly people in healthcare, and just like professional helpers in general, um, we're really good at taking care of everybody else's needs and and not our own, and then that's just normal to us, and then. Um, and then that absolutely obviously impacts our health and wellness. And so, yeah, giving ourselves permission to really nourish ourselves first in all the ways, like mind, body, spirit, and then to be able to give from overflow rather than depletion, um, is, is majorly a thing. And I think also, like you were saying, um, being able to focus on the actual holistic health, like, um, practices and routines and like focusing on, um, all the health behaviors rather than weight to me has also been a really big thing. Like I don't work with people around weight loss. Like that's just not what speaks to me. Um, but I find that, Um, when people are, you know, focused, not so much on the weight, but on sleeping well and decreasing stress and eating nourishing food, like you were saying, and like filling themselves spiritually, or just like, you know, being connected to your purpose or mission or all these things, then like your body finds the happy place. And for some people that's gaining weight for some people that's losing weight, but then your body kind of finds the happy weight that it wants to be at when you're, focus when you're not focused on that, when you can give yourself permission to focus on just like moving your body and like, you know, sleeping well and decreasing stress and all that stuff that we were talking about. And so, yeah, that's beautiful. Like that's amazing.
1: And I think there really is like a political piece to it because like our society, just like kind of like how the patriarchy can kind of like fuck us up, you know, the it's all like systemic, you know, and um, (laughs) having a little release there. (laughs) Um, yeah, because like, you know, it's hard (laughs) to be healthy in this culture because, you know, there's like, fast food on every corner and we would rather pay like a $5 copay for your metformin or whatever than like, meanwhile, the insurance companies are like racking up thousands of dollars on that medication, even if you're not personally paying that. And so I just feel like, you know, as a psychologist, I've always been skeptical of big pharma, you know, it's one of those moments, but I just feel like it trickles down like everywhere. And I think it's really scary for our youth because you know, there's people like at 20 hitting like diabetes and stuff, whereas I feel like hitting it at 40 or 50 or 60, like, okay, like you've had a whole lifetime of things adding up, but like, I'm seeing more and more of my young patients being diagnosed and it's because they're eating like gas station food, you know, which I mean, deserts and things like that, you know, there's, it's like a systemic issue, but Mm -hmm. I think that's just an important part of divine feminine revolution is like, we got to feed people's mom has got to cook some healthy food for people, you know, Uh, and it's really stepping out of the restriction and
2: binge cycle. Like, so I think, you know, like, you know, if you want to, like, I'm always just working with people on like, be just be conscious and intentional with your choices and your decisions. And you don't have to like gas station food doesn't have to be the devil. Like if Mm -hmm. you're hungry and you're at the gas station, like get some food, like make a conscious and intentional choice. If you really want whatever, some food that we know isn't nourishing to our bodies, food that we would call crappy food, then like have it, choose it intentionally. Notice how it feels in your body. It's probably not going to feel that great, but it might be better than it's it's better. I would say than not eating anything if you're really hungry. And, and then the next day you probably won't really feel like eating gas station food. You'll probably feel like eating something that's more nourishing, but that's so much better. Like I would say that's the feminine way versus as I think the masculine way we've all been taught to do health is all about like, you know, this food is the devil. It's bad, like avoid it at all costs. And and like, you better be up at 5 AM every morning on the stair stepper. And if you're not, then you're already failing for your day. And it's like all this really rigid, like discipline and structure and um, restriction, which just doesn't, it, it doesn't actually sustainably work for people and it ends up feeling inaccessible, which is why then people are like, okay, whatever. Right, just not do exactly. anything.
1: And I've been locked in that cycle like a long time. And and you know, it's interesting, like having a daughter, you know, who's nine, like she she's a very picky eater and she like she will eat some things like avocado or like, you know, whole food oriented stuff, but like, she's got a really big sweet tooth and she's so picky that she really like does not eat a lot of healthy food. And so I've tried to like, how do I like address this with her without like giving her a complex about like, these are good food and these are bad foods or like thinking that she can't have like a treat or something like that. And, and with the mindset piece, you know, like am I teaching her that she can't have these foods when really like, as if she had the right mindset, maybe she could. So I I don't know. I'm like really, and my husband and I were both fat kids. So we like, you know, have been like, gosh, we really don't like wish that for her. And she's actually very thin and in gymnastics, but um, I I think as a parent, like it's, you know, like you got that inundation of like your own cultural and family programming and societal programming. And then it's like, what part of that is actually like useful and what part of that is just like total garbage. So do you have any thoughts on that?
2: Yeah. I think you're so wise to like, you know, be aware of not giving her a complex. And I think more than anything, you know, the kiddos are watching what we do. Right. So it's like even more than like what you're kind of consciously teaching her. It's like watching how you talk about your body watching how we all talk about our bodies in front of the kids, watching how we interact with food, in general, like always, because I just want that for people, but also, of course, like around the kiddos. And yeah, I think it's like, and also starting to cue them into how does this feel in my body, like you said, versus like, oh, this is good, this is bad. It's kind of more like, oh, okay, how does this feel in my body now? How does this feel in my body now? Like kids are actually pretty attuned to that. And I do think, yeah, in childhood is when it's kind of, you know, kids want what they can't have. So if it's like, okay, no, only one cookie yeah. after dinner, or whatever it's like, then that already starts to create that restrict binge cycle of like, oh, this is the forbidden food that we really secretly want, but like we can't have. And, and then there you're set up with that instead of like, oh yeah, cookies is one of the many foods that's presented to me. And like, from what I've heard from people, kids seem to when kind of presented with everything and not already set up in the kind of restrict binge cycle, they seem to just gravitate towards food that does nourish them and you know, and they'll eat cookies too, but it's like, not all about, I need to have as many cookies as possible because they're just like, Oh, this is just one of many things that's available here for me. So.
1: Yeah. And I think that is kind of very divine feminine, just to like use your intuition and go from like a place of like choice and options and what feels good versus there's a right way to do something and that kind of more
2: thing. Yeah. And I think also something that we're dancing around maybe too is, you know, I do believe in this kind of model of like called health at every size, which is to say that like healthy looks different on different people. And for some people healthy is being in a smaller body. And for some people healthy is being in a larger body. And there's not like one body shape that is, health and wellness. And unfortunately, the fitness industry and medical industry and stuff has said that. But I don't believe that's true. I think for some people, it would be really unhealthy for them to try to get their bodies as tiny as possible. And, um, and for some people, it would be unhealthy for them to be in larger bodies, but it's just different for each person. But healthy doesn't look one way or have one certain body shape. And so um, yeah, like kind of being able to transmit that as well.
1: Yeah. And I think that's so important because, um, you know, I, I've definitely been like profiled by, um, you know, medical providers who just like look at the weight and think that, you know, when really like the labs and things, you know, previously <laughs> were, were fine, you know? And so I think it is, it's almost like fat is still it's getting better with body positivity, but I think it was still like something that you can kind of get away with being like prejudiced about, you know, still, I think it's like one of the ones plus it's so visible. So there's that like piece of it. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I think, um, For me too, it's also having been like a trauma survivor, it's been uncomfortable for me to be at smaller sizes because I've gotten a lot of like unwanted male attention at those sizes. And so at a certain level, it was like protection and safety. And it's interesting to see like, um, you know, like it's sort of like coaching when they talk about, like rich people problems when they're like, oh, I'm like so busy because I have so many clients or whatever, you know, it, it was sort of like, oh, like I, how do I handle being safe and being sexier, you know? Yeah, um,
2: exactly. And that's what it's like holistic. So it's not just about yeah. like, you know, sleep and movement and food and whatever. It's also about that emotional, mental, mm-hmm. spiritual piece. Yeah. Um, Exactly. And and it is exactly. It's like so complicated. There's so many layers. There's so much nuance, which is just why, of course, you can't just look at someone and determine, you know, how healthy they are just from their body size or just from looking at them really like it's just not a thing. But, um, but yeah, so that would be a great example of like, okay
1: and i feel like there's just this like personal failure like oh yeah like you don't have enough discipline or willpower or whatever and it was interesting in the program that i went through it was same thing you said like it's not about weight loss it's like about you know balancing your hormones and once the system is back in it's like optimal thing like if there is extra weight it just like falls off because yeah. you know it's it's the like body a- is made to find an
2: equilibrium like That's what the body wants to do. We just have to get out of our own way and then the body will do that. But yeah, I find when people, and this is just my experience and finding, and I definitely will say I am kind of biased towards like more the anti-diet movement, but um, I find that when people focus on weight loss, it makes it like sucks all the joy out. It sucks all the pleasure out. People already feel like they're failing before they started if the scale doesn't move, even if like, if the numbers don't change right away, even if they're obviously having all these other benefits, like people, you know, don't want to continue with it. And it feels to me like it like sucks all the joy and fun and pleasure out of holistic health and kind of sets people up to, to fail or to feel they failed.
1: I had a friend tell me that her endocrinologist wants her to like email the weight every week and i was like uh that would have a reverse effect on me because I would get so tied up on, on the weight piece itself, especially if you, if that's been a struggle for you for a long time, like that, there's all those like trauma triggers and identity and like things in there. So I know for me, even, even though I was getting results and losing weight, like when I did, would do the weigh-ins, it was always like a little bit like, ah, like I know I'm like living it, but like, is it going to show? It's kind of sometimes when you're building your business and you're like, okay, like when's this going to fucking click? You know, I'm doing all the things like, what's it going yeah. to happen
2: And just naming again, like just, again, the weight is just one small thing yeah. that we really overly emphasized in it's medicine. Like the money, right? right? Weight and money. Yeah, yeah, but it's <laughs> like that's <laughs> one small reflection and there's yeah. a million other re- like more important reflections of, you know, like we said again, like how do you feel? How stressed are you? How energized are you? How rested are you? Like- all those things instead of just what are the numbers.
1: I remember seeing a post you wrote about smoking a cigarette on your way down from, you know, working as a as nurse practitioner. And I feel like mental health, medical, like, yeah, you see everybody like, you know, smoking up after like a stressful day. And I was a long time smoker and definitely like one of the best things I ever did was quit smoking cigarettes, but it was hard. It took me years before I was actually successful at it. But I love that idea of harm reduction because we do that a lot in, men, in mental health. And when I was a psychologist at a holistic treatment center, we had a lot of people that would self-harm or were suicidal or coming out of the hospital or trying to stay out. And so for some of those people, we really had to do the self-harm piece. Like, even though obviously we don't want people self-harming, like if that's what you're doing to cope, to stay alive, then like for now, go for it. You know, not go for it, but you know what I'm trying to say. But like, you know, like it's it's a harm reduction. And so I think we get into these like weird all or nothing, like, oh, I have to be perfect or just like, fuck it kind of thing. (laughs) And so-
2: Yes, perfect- perfect or fucked it
1: or fuck it like
2: very well describes i think people's um people's attitude towards holistic health and yeah and then that like sets you up for failure from the beginning and yeah absolutely harm reduction and i agree i think from working in western medical system for i started being a registered nurse back in 2005 so for over a decade
0: mm-hmm.
2: um it is the dirty secret that we have, you know, we have higher rates of addiction than the general population. People right. that <laughs> and it's our dirty secret that we, we don't know how to implement in our own lives, or we can't like, whether it's stress or whatever, like we are not good at being healthy. Like we're not, we're not practicing what we preach. We're not like walking the talk. Like we'll tell people, you know, quit smoking, do whatever the things. And then like, I think in order to cope with the stress of being in healthcare, and I can't even imagine over the last two years working in a pandemic, like wow. shout out to all of our healthcare workers. And to be very honest, I'm really grateful that I didn't have to go through that because yeah. I can't imagine I had to do a lot of nervous system healing after stepping out of that clinical oh. work. Um, But
1: but yeah, we're not great at taking care of ourselves. <laughs> well, it's a toxic system. And I think, you know, we know that like caretaker stress is one of like the most intense stress we have, but I think when it's your occupation, I sort of joke with my people sometimes, because I do get a lot of like codependent clients and like, well, if you're going to be codependent, you might as well get paid for, <laughs> which is is mean, just kind of, you know, how we do the dark humor sometimes when you're yeah. in the system. But, um, it, it is a little bit like that, you know, and especially I think to do it in private practice, then you got like, not only are you like caring for people in sort of a medical way, but then you've got like the business piece on top of it. And, and then, you know, for me, like the mom boss piece, like it, it was incredibly stressful to be like, <laughs> I remember telling my husband, I'm like, I don't know if I can do this much longer. And he was like, well, you have like 30 years of a <laughs> mortgage size, like student loan payment, which hello, I'm manifesting like, no, that they're never going to bring the student loans back. So We'll just, okay like, I'm with that, yes wash that across the airwaves <laughs> as we're talking oh about goodness. it they keep they keep delaying it and that has been a nice piece of yeah. the fallout it's of yeah
2: um, yep I have them too
1: yeah <laughs> but I remember he was like well you can't <laughs> you know like you have to keep this is your job, you know? And that's kind of what pushed me into the coaching thing. But yeah, it's just like very symptomatic of a stressful lifestyle. And I think particularly if you're a healer and empath, even more, like we talked about on the last episode that we did together, I've done medical intuition training as well. And when I, I always knew I was intuitive and psychic, but you know, as a therapist, people were just telling me their shit. So I didn't really have to like, you know, I mean, I had inklings and I was always really good and I kind of just knew things, right? But when I had the medical intuition training with Dr. Mona Lisa Schultz, we were doing blind ratings and I was like, got it, (laughs) you know, just like someone's initials and their age. And then we just, you know, did like a body scan and the person wasn't even there. It was just totally abstract. And so for me, that was like so foreign. And that, that was like a moment where I was like, wow I'm psychic and I really did not realize that is why therapy work I mean my people get better and they have incredible transformations but that's why it's so it's so intense for me because I'm like swimming in the ancestral like psyche of this whole person's situation
2: yeah for that reason I think it's so important I, I think this is probably what one of the major contributors to the I'm just going to say poor health of like medical workers or people in healthcare. And it is, yeah, not having that energetic hygiene, not having that energetic boundaries again, as women, like same thing, like just being able to be like, okay, that's yours and like leave it at the end of the day, day and not absorbing everybody else's shit yeah, that really, really impacts us. So learning kind of like energetic sovereignty and like that, that's yours. This is mine. And that's been coming up with my clients a lot. Actually, I've been sending out this video that I have from a couple of years ago. Now that's just like how to kind of create your energetic boundaries and how to practice energetic hygiene. And yeah, it's a thing that's important because then when you're taking all of that stress and disease and illness and negativity or whatever, just everybody's stuff. And then it, like no wonder you feel so heavy and
1: no, know. I need a smoke and a drink, right?
2: <laughs> right then you need
1: a smoke and a drink to be like, okay. which then like lowers your other like I feel like particularly like substance use, you know, lowers your energetic fields it puts like holes in your aura and different things, which then even make you like more susceptible leaning on it oh, like what do they say? It's like, um you can never get enough of what you don't actually need, which is um, oh, interesting. Bad. yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So like, let's brag on you a little bit. Like when you do work with your people, like what kind of, um, sort of like results and outcomes do they get? You've kind of like sprinkled that in, but tell us a little more. So sweet. Thank you. Yeah.
2: I feel like it really looks different for each person, but the themes are always like working on the foundations. Typically we start with the physical. So it's like sleep, food, movement hydration so it's like how can you be getting good sleep sleeping seven to nine hours through the night hopefully without interruption so that you feel like rested and energized in the morning that's a really important piece food is a challenging one for a lot of people like not only just learning how to give ourselves nourishment but also unlearning diet culture and unlearning like Unfucking our relationship with food, let's say. And so bringing like gentleness and self-compassion to it. And like, yes, we wanna eat foods that's nourishing for our body, but also sometimes different food is nourishing for our souls. So it's like, okay, you want a piece of chocolate cake? Like have a piece of chocolate cake is my approach to it. Um, But also noticing how things feel in our bodies. So like you were saying, like, how does your body react to gluten? How does it react to dairy or whatever? Um, oh, it
1: doesn't like IPAs anymore. I'm so sad. <laughs> no IPAs, that is sad, yeah. So. Um, yeah, alcohol
2: is a good, like, alcohol is another one. Like, how does people's bodies react to alcohol in general, okay. right? Like,
1: sleep, well, food. Go ahead. Interesting. A big one for me was um was coffee, you know, and I was like, God, I felt like I was going to – um. I tried to go like the first month when I was really doing, they do sort of like a detox cleanse first. And I really was like kind of trying to do it by the book. And what I did like about it was certain things were off limits, but there was no like quantity restrictions per se. So, you know, it was just like eliminating the inflammatory foods themselves, but you could kind of eat what you wanted of the foods that were like, okay in the sense that they weren't inflammatory, but like coffee, I was like, I feel like I'm going to lose my job if I quit coffee altogether, but (laughs) I actually did feel better without it. So I still haven't really like found, I think my sweet spot is I'm trying to keep it to like a cup a day, Mm -hmm. but I feel like if I could tough it out, uh, like that was one that I really did not. I mean, it kind of makes sense with the adrenals and everything, but that was like, you know, here I'm thinking it's like the chocolate cake. Right. But like, actually it was my, you know, Three cups of coffee a day. We're spiking yeah. the things, you know. And so sometimes it's not the things that you think that that it is, you know? Yes, exactly. And
2: again, you don't really know that until you like bring the non-judgmental, curious yeah. mind to something instead of just like, this is all bad, take it, you know. And yeah, coffee, like those of us that have had adrenal fatigue and kind of just feeling really burnt out, and those of us that have a tendency to anxiety, like coffee's a big piece in a lot of those things. And I'm just lucky that I never became like a drinking coffee everyday person. So it's just never even been a thing for me, honestly, but green tea is a favorite. I feel like for people that do want to get off coffee, like try doing green tea, which does have a little bit of caffeine, but less. And it also has the L, I think it's L-theanine in it, which is also, it's supposed to give you like a calm alertness versus coffee, like making your
1: heart beat out. <laughs> of your chest like type thing yeah, um it's interesting because yeah. when you're in burnout you're also like kind of like tired and you're like pushing through I and yeah really like it's like start. you're taking the poison that caused it in the first place you know like it's it's yeah. just a systemic kind of cycle thing That's of cycle that yeah but so exactly
2: yeah like looking improving sleep, improving food, improving um hydration we're all totally chronically dehydrated yeah and improving um movement like and movement's another one like let's unfuck our relationship with exercise like I don't even call it exercise because I feel like that word has baggage, so it's like what move, what movement brings you joy? Like, have you tried out a bunch of different things? And so working with people to get like really regular movement schedules that bring them joy and feel good in your body. Like that's incredible. So yeah, usually it's starting kind of with those physical pieces with my clients and then layering on kind of the emotional, mental, spiritual, so that people feel emotionally expressed, but also regulated. They feel like they have like less stress or depression, if that's an issue for them. And then they feel like, to me, spiritual health is just like really feeling connected to yourself, first of all, like connected to yourself authentically, and then connected to any higher power of your own choosing or understanding, whether that's the universe or God or nature or um, your ancestors or whatever. And then it's interesting, I've been working with people more recently, which is fun because it's been kind of this evolution of divine feminine embodiment, right? Because of course... Feminine is rising on the earth, it's rising in all of us. So, um, especially for those of us that, which is most of us that have really learned how to, mm, we've adapted to being more masculine. We've kind of been conditioned to being more masculine, but it's not our natural state. So like, and that really improves our health is like learning how to really drop into our divine feminine embodiment And then intuitive development, like you were mentioning, that's such a fun piece and working with people around kind of like developing their spirituality and also sacred sexuality and sensuality. So it's kind of like a little, um, you do it all. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Big <for laughs> your mother, mean, right? Those are all the things that I feel passionate about. And so, yeah, people that tend to come on to work with me usually want to like start in that physical realm and then pull from all those other realms as well. Because again, to me, health is really holistic and it's all really integrated and it would be too hard for me to like just pick out one piece, anyway. So yeah, it looks different for my different clients, but um, but in general, like all of those are kind of themes.
1: Yeah, I love that. And the willingness to try new things like for me, um, I, I've really enjoyed like Zumba over the years. And that's been like just a great outlet with the music and, you know, yeah. the social piece and just like the, I feel like it's sassy and kind of fully expressed. But lately, what I've been into is this like 8am grit class, and it's only like half an hour. And like, literally, I'm probably like twice as big as like everybody else in there. And so my husband like reminded me, he's like, well, actually, like you're working out way harder than any of people because you're carrying your own body weight. but It would have been something I would have been totally like intimidated to do. And now I I mean, like I can't do everything. I have to modify some stuff, but um, I'm getting like really drastic results because it like in a good way, because it's like burpees and all that crap. And it is you know, it's like when you're in yoga class and you're like, oh, oh, and you see someone like bend up like a pretzel and they're like, don't
0: compare. That's not part yeah. of it. Like,
1: it's yeah. kind of like impossible not to, but <laughs> I think for me on like my health journey, it was like the willingness to be like, okay, like the time is now. I don't want to, you know, end up having a serious disease wake up call. I want to be okay Investing in myself. And even if it takes like a drastic lifestyle makeover, like, you know, this stuff is reversible. And it's like, you know, I feel that way about mental health. Like, you totally can heal trauma. And I want to preach that from the rooftops because so many people don't think, oh, I've got ADHD. Not saying that that doesn't affect you, it does. But like, you know, we create this identity of like, oh, well, this is just me. And like, I'm fucked because of this, you know? And it just like totally does not have to be that way. But you do have to have the willingness to like invest in yourself to try things, to give up some of the things that you think you need, but actually are the the problem, if you want to call it that, you know? Yeah. Um, Like
2: when you're ready and you don't have to force yourself, like that's the thing. I mean, for some people that's, that is what works for them is kind of like a drastic lifestyle overhaul. Mm -hmm. I think for more people, what really works is those small changes over time to create like sustainability. And so I think like it, it doesn't always have to be as drastic or severe, it doesn't have to be a big thing. It gets to be kind of like gentle and easy, at least mm-hmm. like that's my mm-hmm. thing. I love what you were saying about the quit class, because I find with movement, one of the ways I like to, when I'm kind of working with someone in terms of like finding what movement would resonate with them right now, it's like, how do you wanna feel? And so often how we move our bodies is how we wanna feel, right? So if you wanna feel strong, like go do some CrossFit. If you wanna feel more flexible in life, like just in general, then like go do some yoga and hell yeah if you want to feel like you have some grit and like you're tough
1: and you're like resilient
2: that sounds like the class like well here's
1: the thing you know people talk about like runners high and stuff I've never been a runner and I've kind of been like why do people like run in the heat like on the side of the road like that I just (laughs) how why and um actually talking to runners like it actually is like EMDR I'm an EMDR therapist which is like you balance through both sides of the brain and both sides of the body well when people are running or swimming or like cycling or any of those things, like that balanced movement actually essentially is, you know, especially if they're like doing their own internal process and like thinking about things while they do it. So like, you know, a free method for that. Um, but for me, I never really got like after a grit class, part of music like a little bit dying and part of me just like the opiates and like I feel so good um and so I've never gotten that off of exercise because I'm always I guess I've never worked all that hard maybe is the piece but um that feeling I, maybe it's like the addict <laughs> It was like, okay, this could work for me. So I feel right after it. And um,
2: Yeah. Perfect. Then you know that's working for you. And someone know, else might not and it wouldn't work for them. But and I think that's part of pleasure. Like, you know, a lot of times when I talk about pleasure and holistic health, it's like, oh well that's the opposite of pleasure, but it's like, pleasure doesn't only mean like in the moment, positive sensations. Yeah. Cause like, I am a bit of a runner and same. It's like when I'm out running, I'm not necessarily like, Oh, this is amazing. It's like part of me, this is hard. This is a challenge. But another part of me is like, this does kind of feel good. And then like you pointed out after, I'm like, now I feel really good. Like I feel yeah. strong. I feel like I did something
1: challenging and hard. And that's a piece of pleasure too, to me. Yeah it fits my lazy pleasure. Cause I only have to be in there half an hour and it like it can be a very long half an hour, but uh, you know, it's only half an hour. So it does go by pretty quick, but yeah, mm-hmm. I love that metaphor. You sort of use of the grit piece, you know, and that, that has been like very empowering. And I got to say, it's been helpful for then when I go see a bunch of clients back to back to back to back, it's like, um, <laughs> this sounds rude, but it's like, I don't, I don't overly care, you know, I'm like, my body is feeling good and I've already worked through my own anxiety or whatever I was carrying. And I'm just like more like relaxed and in the moment versus like, they need to be co-regulating with me, not me co-regulating with them, right?
2: It's that energetic hygiene or kind of energetic boundaries that we're talking about. Yeah, and movement helps to like bring us back into our bodies so that we're not always, especially like you're saying that empaths that's feeling out. It's like, okay, I'm back in my body now and I can interact with you and then I can let you leave and I don't have to
1: take on all your stuff. Well, I love chatting with you and I I love being able to share about that because I feel like, you know, um, I I was really intimidated because a lot of the health coaches online are like showing their like amazing ass, you know, and like. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but for somebody who's like not there, that's like more like intimidation than, you know. You are there though. I bet you have an amazing ass. well <laughs> different than someone else is amazing I'll, I'll own that yeah I'll I'll own that. and uh so yeah I, I think it's one of those things that you know I just I love like the real and raw piece of it you know and I love that about you that you can kind of share that and just really want to encourage people like if you're feeling like you know just the message that you can invest in yourself and you can change everything you know anything that you want to change and yeah. and hire Caitlin and she'll help you with that so how yeah. care to find you What you're offering and all that good stuff.
2: Thank you. Yeah. So let's see. I have uh, my Facebook community, which is intuitive holistic health and wellness for women, Um, and we're about like 1,600 people strong in there. And that's my favorite place, like Monday Lives, and um, we all just like support each other and ask questions of each other and that sort of thing. So I love that community. I'm also on. Instagram, um, at Dr. Caitlin Jarvis. I have my doctorate of nursing practice. So I used to work as a nurse practitioner and, um, had my doctorate to do that. So I'm at Dr. Caitlin Jarvis on Instagram. My website is www.caitlinjarvis.com. I think the spelling of my name will be around here somewhere. And then I think I have a really fun kind of new iteration of my group program coming up soon. My group program is called pleasurable health. And yeah, typically it's three months, but I'm feeling more of like a six month kind of master, like health mastermind type vibe. So I'm really excited for that and starting a wait list for it and stuff. Um, Yeah. And sometimes I just do customizable packages for people as well. I can do like a one-off session for someone. I just do medical intuitive sessions for people. So yeah, anyone that's interested can
1: just reach out to me. So awesome. Well, I love connecting with you. And thank you for coming back on the podcast. And I am looking for a few more people for my uh, beautiful mastermind divine. If you're looking to do some deep emotional, cellular, spiritual healing and mindset work um, and growing your business, come look me up. So thanks everybody. And we'll see you next time. Bye.
2: Bye.
0: Thanks for listening to the Divine Feminine Revolution podcast. Make sure to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Want to keep the conversation flowing? Find us on Facebook at the Divine Feminine Revolution Facebook group, where revolutionary women gather to listen to their hearts, monetize their gifts, and change the world.